his mind. And here is your host, Gary Cachulio. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening, and also thank the contributors to my show, who are Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Ms. Aida, author of Who Do Justice Magic, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse. It's us. If you are interested in contributing to this show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything there. Now, without any further ado, our guest for today is Ryan Stacy, and he is with the Experiencers Support Association. Thank you for coming on, Ryan. Thank you for having me. So... What got you into the whole experiencer scene? Have you experienced uh, anything yourself? So those two questions there. So um, I'll take the first one. The, the experiencer scene uh, started with uh, with MUFON. So I am the uh, former national uh, chief investigator for MUFON Canada. I'm also the former international director of field investigating training mm-hmm. uh, for uh, MUFON. Um, through that, which is primarily UFO, um, there was this majority of cases that involved witness testimony, abductions, and possible paranormal activities and things like that, too. So I, I, spent a, I tend to spend more uh, time with that because my background, I am a private investigator by trade. I own and operate a private investigating firm uh, and security company, so it's named Blacklight Investigative and Surveillance Services. So the protection element you know, is activated in the sense of I think I've lost you. And have I had an experience myself? Um, the, the, I could say yes by technicality. Um, I'm still investigating it myself, still trying to understand it. Um, if I were to categorize it, it would be um, under that, a visitation, so a um, psychogenic visitation. So I, I guess the archetype is download. So the, the understanding so far has been um, during a stressful time, I received a, an image that, that uh, consists of a, a variance of, of symbols and colors and geometric shapes and things like that. And through that artwork, which I made um, and reflecting on it is kind of what was helping me create this new platform called the Experience Your Support Association. TESA is in there. TESA is part of the artwork. The experience element simply is, uh, I don't remember or recall creating it. It was, I just remember sitting down saying, I gotta get this out of my head. And then when I was done, it was just this intricate, uh, symbol and through studies, um, working on it for three years now, talking to other people, interpretation, not giving them any clues, any facts on anything. Just look at it. What do you think it means? I'm starting to learn that this, this shape, uh, in many it can be viewed in many perspectives, but it, it, every piece fits. So in, in multiple dimensions, it could be 3D, 2D, be a map, it could be a machine, it could be a portal, like it could be a whole bunch of different things. So on an evidence base, for me, what's strange 
is that I know from my experience that I don't know where that information came from. And everything I'm learning about it after the fact has come from conversations and people talking about it and these, these things lined up. So my question to myself always is, is how was I able to predict all of these things measuring um, and lining up in the future? And, and that, that rabbit hole has been continuing for, for some time. And you can see an image of that currently on my website, tessacan.org. Uh, yeah, T-E-S-A-C-A-N.org. Is it that's the main the symbol here? Yeah, you, so you're looking at it right now. That's, well, that's the one I'm talking about. So I have that on there right now kind of as a just a, a talking pay, conversation piece. Um, but that, that would be, that's the symbol. Wow. You're looking at it right now. What do you think it is? What is, what is it? What does that mean to you? The symbol, I mean, it looks like a series of occult sim symbols. That um, you got alchemical symbols here. We got the yin and yang. We got the German cross. Um, we got the uh, hexagonal star, which would be like an as above, still below. Um, you got something here in the middle that looks kind of runic, possibly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. It looks like a combination of all types of ancient symbols. Yeah, and then this, and what does it mean? There's no instruction manual, and just they're just the and the color. See, the other thing too, what's interesting with me is there was no decision or no negotiating on whether or not the color needed to be a certain color. There was no negotiation in my mind whether or not um, these symbols needed to be placed in a certain way. So, mm -hmm. so it was just it was start to finish, and then there are. Using math and calculations, there are things that add up that fit with many theologies, such as the zodiac, uh, uh, on a flat uh, on a flat Earth map. So a polar projection, um, you know, these there's orientation on that specific map. Not saying that that's an indication that the of the shape of the Earth. Just simply saying that, suggesting that possibly it's a key to that type of map when it was used, as it was used for many, you know, for many reasons, which is. Because uh, it was it was a main source map in the past, not used now, obviously for for many reasons. Um, so it kind of gives me a time and a place, and then it gives me a location, and it gives me perspective by following these simple rules uh, of trying to understand the symbols. And that kind of stuff concerns me because I'm learning new things by. Uh, associating these facts with the same symbol without changing the scale, without changing the colors, without changing anything, and it's fitting to a lot of things that I didn't know before. Hmm. It, it is interesting. Like, um, I don't know, like, like, like I say, like so many symbols I recognize, like the alchemical symbols, the triangles, mm -hmm. the, the runic symbol is kind of interesting too, because if you turn it upside up, it would look like almost like the Tree of Life from the Kabbalah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've explored looking at that in uh, in, four, in the fourth dimension. So I've, I've I've separated the layers, what are visible, and 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 basically elevated it to to kind of look around in a, a three dimensional world. So being fourth dimension would be me outside looking at it three D, um, and it it yeah it shows that as above so below. It's got this. It's got a a, a, tor a torus. Like elements to suggest some sort of a portal. Like I mean, like there's there's things uh, in multiple dimensions when using all the objects that are there that that mean things. So my investigative mind is saying that maybe that's my higher self, and I, I a lot of reading, a lot of things, and I just created something that made sense in my brain. Um, and I was feeling artistic that day, 
and uh, that could simply be it. Or something was being broadcast, and uh, I picked it up, and I just my brain couldn't let it go until I got it out. And then, even if that's the case on an experiencer element, the question is, is who sent the message? Like, I'm, I'm not ruling out that it could be extraterrestrial, possibly. It could be a government project. It could be like Mercury Rising, and I just, you know, happened to get the code. And, or it was a broadcast over multiple people. Who else got it? So when I put this symbol out there, I feel like, you know, if it was intentional, someone would see it, and then stuff would happen, you know? And so far, so good. I've been uh, connecting with the right people at the right time through this symbol. So, hmm. Very interesting. That's my current assessment on it right now. Um, do you think it could have come from um, an angelic source? Well, I can't rule that out. I, I have no idea um, how the connection of the thought was made. Uh, it could be me. It could be angelic. It could be. Uh, it could be my labs. It could be. It could be anything. It could be all I know as a constant since I was involved. Is I don't work, I I could see it in my mind. I couldn't get it out of my mind until I made it into art. And once it was out of my out of my head, I was able to relax. So the anxieties and all those other things came with it. And then every once in a while, something will click. I'll go back to the map, try a couple calculations, and then that will click and it'll make sense. And then and then I lose a day or two trying to figure out why that makes sense and how that makes sense. And uh, then I interpret that, and then I move on my day, make decisions around uh, what I feel from that. And, uh, yeah, it could be a guide. It could be instructions. It could be, uh, if you look at it uh, on, as an aerial view, it could be a set of chairs. And these could be uh, elements in which I'm perhaps I need 12 people to, uh, to run this uh, Tessa, or perhaps I need to find 12 people for 12 reasons, like uh, the symbols on, the, on these chairs. Uh, are symbolic too, with colors and uh, and traits, characteristics that I've also find people in my circle that match these characteristics. If you look at the color and the symbols on these specific chairs, like there's so much that's, synchronicity. That's, that's, that's an interesting idea because when I'm looking at it, yeah, I can see that these are looking like chairs from mm -hmm. looking down onto a table. You know, mm -hmm. the alchemical symbols could represent. Mm -hmm. um, people from th different astrological signs, you know, an earth, mm -hmm. air, water type of sign in astrology. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The spiral could represent some type of um, native type of person because, you know, they're all usually used, at least here in the United States, you find them a lot in the Native American places. Mm -hmm. um, so many other ones I wouldn't know, like, like it's circle. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, you're you're saying things that I I haven't heard before either. So like the like the rune aspect, you know, like that's that that's specific as well, and you know, and that gives a time frame and a location, and then mm -hmm. there's things I can measure with that. So that's why I, I like like to have this. And and the the latest one, especially with this flat map, like so the polar, and I, I gotta emphasize it, the polar projection, which is essentially is just the view of the Earth from the top. So the, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Earth is flat. It, it, it could also be globed. It also could be domed. It also could be whatever you want to want to subscribe to. But this polarized projection, so the aerial view of the Earth, um, is important, especially when you're traveling, because you get a different perspective on how we can travel up 
to the other side of the world instead of across. So, so it's used uh, in military uh, mm-hmm. for, for planning. And we seem to forget that, that we, when we travel, we can also go up. We don't have to go across. So when you have that interesting perspective, and I put that map on top of it, then you start to see this zodiac, that fourth dimension, that kind of maybe this is this is the stars, maybe this is this is the direction looking down, because um, putting the the symbol on um, the current projection, forget the name of that, uh, the one of, that we see on Google Maps and stuff, um, it doesn't fit because it doesn't have the whole world. But with this, you can put it on top of the entire world and the concentric circles within the polar projection. Um, to scale of this map fit that that symbol so within if i were to remove certain layers and, and some of it's transparent and you only look at the ring um these all line up with certain things in the center which is the arctic circle and you kind of get a really good um aspect of the center of the earth uh depending on what's there now me being canadian you know we have access to the north pole we have access to all those other things uh, through our country, um, and I found that very interesting because Canada uh, is very quiet in terms of anything, in terms of all these conspiracy stuff and and disclosure and UFOs and and things. So I kind of feel like Canada is the key, perhaps. But that's just because I'm Canadian, so it might be a little, oh, you know, a little biased there. So if we're looking at this as the whole Earth. Could just possibly be pointing to a hollow Earth theory. Well, I'm not. I'm a private investigator. I look at evidence. I look at. I look at. You know, circumstantial evidence. A lot of it. So, I'm not an astronaut. I've never been to space. Mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, understand everything there is about the world uh, to be able to fact check and verify. So, under that context, I would the hollow Earth theory. Uh, has to exist, as well as the Earth plane being flat as well. That has to exist. Being a globe also has to exist. So, and and, and the, that's interesting too, because if you go to the hollow Earth uh, or the inner Earth perspective, um, some of these maps make sense, and that's based on the time frame in which these individuals who created the map and the knowledge that they had then. So then we get into this debate on whether or not the knowledge we have now is new information or misdirection or misinformation because we're learning more, we're evolving more, and we're being told to believe more. But then if you compare that um, to everything else that's going on there as individuals, we can tell when things don't make sense. And then when you look at other conspiracies and other things that don't make sense and you connect the dots, there's more evidence to suggest that this information that we have about the map, I can guarantee you that this this polar this projection map that we have right now is isn't isn't an accurate map to use for anything. It's just a map that's there to make sense, but it's useless in terms of navigation and everything else. But the flat map polar projection makes more sense to use for military, to use for projecting, to use for a global you know aerial an aerial view from the top because you have access to all of the countries. That doesn't mean that the Earth is flat. It's just its perspective, which t- indicates to me. Then you got to go back to time and look at their perspective and be like, "What did they know then?" So that's when we kind of. That's why I like the, the flat Earth um, conspiracy because there's a lot of. There's a, it's not just about the Earth being flat. It's 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 about NASA lying. It's about 
misinformation. It's about a fake moon landing. It's about, you know, it's about all these other things that have its own little pieces of evidence that could suggest that that part is true. And the tricky part in that whole mix is whether or not if they fake the moon landing, if that means the earth is flat and, you know, or if the earth is flat, that means that another, you know, another continent exists. But there's a whole bunch of things in that one conspiracy that kind of ties everything in. And, um, but as an investigator, when I look at it, I can tell, I can see how it's misinterpreted. And I can understand and extrapolate over time and sociology and all that other stuff that uh, I'm familiar with. I can understand through the experiencers why they think that there's lies. And that's the, that's the bigger problem with the flat earth kind of movement is that that indication that we're being lied to about something. And when there's so much things in this spectrum of paranormal and UFO stuff, it either all exists or it doesn't exist. And I find it really hard to pick a side and say, as an investigator trying to be unbiased as possible, that you're right and you're wrong, but everyone has their own like perspective. You, you kind of get where, where I'm leading with that? How I do. How I'm kind of wrapping I, I, everything I, I, up. I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to take all these anomalous things and connect them together into one whole thing that makes sense. I mean, that's what I also do as a podcaster and researcher also. Um, you know, I don't quite, I mean, I'm not, I don't believe the flat, I'll be, I don't believe in the flat earth theory. Um, but you mentioned the moon landing. And what I think happened is, I think we did go to the moon. Yeah. I, I think um, a couple of things probably happened. I think either two things happened. Either one, we were told not to go back there by extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. He said, look, you guys are going to junk up <laughs> the rest of the solar system. Mm-hmm. Stay home, otherwise mm-hmm. we're gonna mess your ass up. Mm-hmm. Or we've continually been going, and maybe we're going prior to public knowledge to the moon mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. some type of Stargate technology, and possibly have mm-hmm. bases on the moon, much like what John Lear talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another possibility. I mean, it is, it is possible that we are all over the solar system and maybe other solar systems without even knowing it through the use of cloning technology. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we're doing abductions, you know, because we can't keep cloning the same people, so we got to get new ones mm-hmm. to clone. Mm-hmm. And that on its own are all different things that could very well be happening, and whether or not it's connected, it's like it's almost like there's this whole, uh, whole other civilization that exists somewhere else, perhaps in the space and time, or perhaps even on this whole planet. Um, with with the some of the theories that I've seen as they're supporting evidence in the flat Earth movement. So there's a, the theory versus the movement. So the movement is all about the lies, and and they lie, and therefore the problem is is they associate these lies as being the reason that the Earth is flat. You can't confirm the shape of the Earth, yes. but but the evidence that they're using to associate with that particular thing can be used uh, to verify that it need that individual thing needs to be looked at a little bit closer because it makes mm-hmm. sense to me. I know my eyes when I look outside, it doesn't look like there's a curvature of the earth, but I do understand, uh, you know, the distance and all that other stuff and things that I can't measure. I can't, I can't, I can't see the curvature if I go that far. Uh, you know, because I don't have the means to do that. So I have to accept that because I'm unable to uh, say definitively one way or the other. Now, they got everything covered in the sense that that like a rocket goes up 
it, there is an arc to its trajectory. We don't actually see it break orbit sometimes. NASA does cut the feed. NASA does change things. There are all these other circumstantial things to, to, to lead to it, but we don't really see where it goes. And the images that we're seeing are CGI. They look CGI. They don't look real, but they could be real because we can't go out there to verify. That's a problem, but we have to trust that. The... There is talk that you mentioned inner Earth, you know, there being uh, an outer Earth. So, so um, suggesting that these rockets are, are, are going up and out, and we're seeing that and we're trusting that, but they are going perhaps to another body of land that is within this plane that, that is beyond our reach. And, uh, and that's where that ice wall kind of barrier thing kind of comes into play doesn't mean that there's a wall full of ice it's just it's just that's just kind of where that that but there is restriction uh on whether or not we can as civilians can travel past that area so there there's there's that suspicion so when you look at the possibility of measuring here on earth so like if if all those things are true all these things would have to be so well lied that we who understand these things could be able to function in a world and then those who work in the real world would be able to function in that world even though they know the truth so they, they, the, there would have to be this constant system that allows everyone to work together and the only constant that i can find that makes sense between the between that and this is time because that time uh, is a base of 60, not a base of 10. And we also use, uh, if we remove time zones and we use Zulu time or Greenwich time, Green GMT, uh, as an actual time, we also know that the calendars that we use today aren't the actual dates. They were changed over years. When uh, at the time that the, like all these uh, other advanced civilizations exist. And if we go back and use the primitive uh, information and do the calculations, we get more direct data. And what I mean by that is it's easier to travel. Uh, when you're looking at a polar projection, kind of off the map here, but if you're looking at a polar projection and you're, and you're concerned about Russia, uh, you know, invading the United States, if you look at the, uh, just as an example, if you look at the map that we have right now, you think, okay, well, what's the possibility of them sending nukes over uh, and crossing the body of the water and all that other stuff just to get down to the United States and do that. Or you look at the polar projection, you look at the view from the top, and then you re remember that Alaska touches Russia from the other side. And they can easily do foot patrol over to Alaska and then come down through Alaska into BC, which is Canada, and then work all the way down to, Can uh, to California. So there's another entry point from that perspective. So we don't use that map today I bet you some people still use that map. I have two years of military service uh, as an infantry soldier. If I were to use a map uh, to to uh, project uh, a global event, I would use the polarized projection. That does whether the the Earth is flat or round. It doesn't matter at that point. It's 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 a it's irrelevant. But that was still my perspective, my vantage point. But now, then we go back a little bit further to the time in which the map was made. How were they able to see that? And where did the information come from when we understand cartography, when people are making these maps? So 
there's so there's so many circumstantial evidence from time periods and eras and things like that. And, and I do believe that over time we have evolved. We've learned new sciences to to um, understand uh, that things have changed and things aren't the way that it is through advancements and breakthroughs in technology. But there's still that possibility, at least with my research, um, that an existence of an, an advanced civilization could exist, possibly still on this planet, um, that we don't have access to. Now, that doesn't mean it's aliens. It just means the elite's got to be somewhere on this, and they got to go somewhere. And if you have that, if you trust that, or you accept that as a reality, because this is just theory, um, putting all the things together, then the Atlantis theory makes sense. The Eden theory makes sense. That means we, the Earth that we live in is is all that. And that starts to make sense when you look at the stories. Now, perspective, outer space. So when I so so what we, we are told that we go out into space and that space is up if we're in a dome, if we can't get to space. But that's it. That's that's according to the flat Earth part. But outer space, if we are in the center, the outer space could be a civilization outside of this alleged ice wall. So 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 there there's so I'm not saying any of these things are true. What I'm what I'm trying to say is, is when you given the best example, the flat Earth movement or theory is the only thing that I can use as the best example to show that a lot of conspiracies have truth in it. And a lot of it have a lot of crap in it. But if you are able to identify the truths in each of these theories and put them all together, we'll start to have a, a true understanding of what's really going on. And that's why I think that map is the key to understanding the reality. Once it's understood, the next level is what do you do with it? Because we can't tell anybody that because we can't prove it. Mm -hmm. But if you believe it, you can't fight it. It doesn't matter what shape the Earth is. It really doesn't. But the, what's important to know for these, uh, for the flat earthers in their movement is validation on whether or not they've been lied to. And I have to agree with that. If, if the government is lying for anything for any reason, I would like, I would like to know that. You know, so, so, so the, that movement itself gets a lot of crap. Because the idea of it with the other science and all that other stuff, too. Now, that doesn't mean the Earth can't be a globe and on a flat plane, which means the combination of the theories are true. But if you trust NASA 110%, then none of that is true. So it, it, it's you can go either way, depending on who you trust. But if you go outside, you look, and you measure it yourself, the math that they tell us doesn't add up. Hmm. It doesn't mean that it's flat. It just, just means it doesn't add up. Why doesn't it add up? And that's where I have my questions, right? Right. Well, there's no doubt that advanced civilizations existed prior to this one. Um, you know, as far as evidence, I, I mean, we're starting to find evidence now. You know, we have Gobekli Tepe, which, but if is, only, still, which is only 5% dug up. We have which all is in, in the known world. Mm -hmm. If there is a civilization that still exists, a controller, all these other things, they have to be somewhere. Oh yeah. If they are, if they are in this world mm -hmm. controlling us, then they're suffering too. Unless they're living in like Dubai or somewhere fancy that has like lots of money and things like that, where nobody knows where they are, or they're in another area that is completely protected, which we don't have access. To. Antarctica. 
yeah. I mean, that's well, that's, that's where it's been reported. I mean, that's where you see Hitler won. You it know, makes sense. That's, where that's he, on the tip of Argentina. Yeah. You know, um, it, I you mean, know, like. I mean, there's a whole lot of evidence that, that kind of points to mm-hmm. something being there. I've interviewed somebody who's been there mm-hmm. and been inside, you know, the alleged the secret base. Okay. But, but he wasn't able to go all the way down. Into yeah, well, that's it. See, they got to give you a little bit. They got to tell us a little bit. There's always going to be a secret. You got to ask what the why is. But because there's so many people in so many different places, and you can tell them little bits of the story to keep them moving around to do their part, but the controller has to know the master plan, and and everyone has to do their part, and then that's where the trends and the commonalities and everything comes together. Um, to figure out what the what the entire purpose is for the entire world, because that other that other group uh, needs us to do certain things in order for them to strive uh, and survive. It's it's just so that human element makes it easy as an investigator for me to accuse more of a uh, more of a government or a human approach mm-hmm. uh, as as the uh, culprit or the ones responsible for the experiencers um, being subjected to this phenomenon. Um, and that's easier to to solve because I can't go to space. Well, you could. Well, I could if I paid a million dollars, and then they probably would offer me a million dollars, uh, offer to give it back to me if I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> and you would take it, you know? Uh, no, See? <laughs> but then they kill me, right? So, like, there's, 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 you got to understand the rules of the game, right? It's a game. Mm-hmm. But if you pay attention to the rules and you pay attention and you remove the fluff and you only focus on the facts and the evidence, it all makes sense. The problem is I'm a guy in Canada on a podcast and nobody nobody's going to listen to me. So so there's no point in expressing the truth. We only have to we have to encourage more people to ask questions and to investigate, so I can put the pieces together and put them in a compromising position, uh, in which we can ask a specific question. I'll give you an example of coming to the ufology movement. Um, the Canadian government, you know, I mean, we we operate a little bit different than the American government, especially with transparency with UFOs. We've declassified documents in 1995. Over 9,500 documents have been declassified, um, but no one's done anything with them. I've recently uh, gotten access to them, uh, and I'm working on a program for my new website to get them uh, to the public that can be viewed at uh, in in a similar way in which I just described. But through my investigations, through access to information and all that other stuff here in Canada, uh, I mean, I'm getting better answers from the government through access to information by asking better questions. So when I collect my facts, again, I own a private investigating company, so investigation is my forte, and I'm active. I'm not retired. I do this every day. So when I already have my facts, I already have verified with video evidence, I have my best evidence present. Then I asked the I asked the government, okay, are you aware uh, of an object being in this particular area over Canadian Forces Base Edmonton uh, on this date at this time? They come back saying, no, we're not aware of that. We don't have any data uh, recorded. Okay. Then I present them the video and I present them the evidence that shows and confirms that an object was there on that day and time. Like, Can you explain this to me? Uh, and then they come back and they said, 
Um, this is a real example. So they come back and they said that uh, we're not saying that the event didn't happen. We're just saying we don't have a record of it. Like, okay, so what do you think this object is? We don't know what it is. Okay, well, does that not mean that it's a threat? And then it gets escalated to another one. And, I'm, and then all of a sudden I get a report back saying no threat. So in order for them to indicate that it's no threat, they have to know what it is. And when you look at it, it looks like a saucer. It looks like an oscillating disk. It looks like that. Could be something else, but they're not telling me what it is. But I was able to get more information from them by asking them the right questions when I already had the evidence, which is why it's important um, for, and I'll do a plug here, I, I, I do civilian experience cases on my website, tessacan.org. There's a reporting system, just like MUFONs, the way it was. I've cleared over a thousand cases. You can report directly to me your experiences so I can collect the best evidence so I can, I'm building a case, I'm doing a case file. Uh, so that way I can present evidence that same way to get better questions, uh, better answers from, from our government. And they're aware of it. I have people from the Access to Information Board following me, either spying on me or engaging or they like it. Like they, they choose whether or not to give me the information, but they know I'm asking and, and they're working with me. So what does that mean? Like from your perspective, I'm curious to know how, how you feel about that when you look at how your government is handling UFOs right now. What do you think about that? I think it's not much different than the way our government is handling UFOs. They're just doing it a little bit differently. They are feeding you information that they want you to have. They're manipulating the information so it fits whatever narrative they want to put out. Um, and they're essentially using this all as a bunch of tools. Yeah, I mean, like, if it's extraterrestrial, let's just say, and, and more people are getting a hold of technology to take pictures and do whatever and then they got to explain more and they got to do a bunch of things because technology has evolved and more people are paying attention and there's more questions that need to be answered and we're getting smart enough that we can we're, it's not what you're telling us isn't making sense so you need to kind of uh re reprogram us or re or give us an explanation so we stop asking these questions <laughs> so and that's my cat there so if uh <laughs> if uh, if uh if it is extraterrestrial, there's a lot that comes with saying, yes, extraterrestrials exist. So there has to be preparation. You have to have control of it. You got to get the, the, the faiths involved. Uh, you know, NASA just recently hired like theologians, right? 20 of them mm -hmm. to prepare. That's a preparation. Why is that? And the question is whether or not they're doing that proactively or reactively mm -hmm. so that way they can control the narrative. But you need all those things in order to minimize the panic of the people. And if you care about the panic of the people, that means the people are needed. So, 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 you know, there, there's a bunch of things doing that. Now, if it's military craft, such as reversed engineered from who knows, maybe this other, uh, other continent like that, that we can't see, uh, if, uh, if that's the, if that exists, which we can't measure because we can't travel that in those particular decor, uh, um, directions, but it's, so it's possible. Or it comes from outer space. Either area, it's still a different space that's out of our known world. Mm -hmm. um, it could be humans. It could be our own tech, and that's where it is. And, and it could be German technology, not on the moon. It could be it could be on another continent that we can't don't have access to. It could be underwater that we don't have access to. There's so many places 
outside of our own little world that they could hide all this stuff from. The problem is, is if we're, where do you test it? If you need to use it in this world, so you test it out in the out in the water. That's why this Tic Tac video is out in the Navy, out in the water. People aren't there, uh, you know, and you're testing this craft out there, perhaps as an alternative theory. Uh, and perhaps it's extraterrestrial, or maybe what actually happened is someone recorded it when they weren't supposed to, and it leaked, and they really made a big a big deal uh, for the business of the United States government. So what they're doing now is damage control to make sure that no one uh, is able to leak that kind of information again. And it doesn't matter if it's aliens. It doesn't matter if it's secret tech. What matters is is somebody broke protocol. And them as a business, they're responsible for making sure that doesn't happen again because of the way that the world reacted. The million-dollar question is, is whether or not that was intended. And if they want us to react that way, is that a test? Is that deliberate? Is it a mistake? So there's a lot of human elements that get overlooked. And I have more evidence that could prove that we are responsible for all of this than it being from an outside source. That's all, guys. That's how I how I view this because I have to look at evidence because I need. I'm trying to prep it as if I was going to go to court because I do that for my my real job. So that's my my mind when I'm, I'm observing these cases. How do I defend my client, which is my experiencer, and how do I present that to the government in such a way? And when I use those parameters and those rules, I'm still left with crap I can't understand. I, I solve a lot, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of things and there's, there, that, 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 that connect to theories that are so out there. But there's so many people that know that. And with Babel project, and so so we have a thing called Project Babel. But let's talk about Tower of Babel, the um, th- that idea of everyone having this power and and, and reaching the heavens and, and and working together. Then all of a sudden, uh, it was too much, so they separated everyone. So then, so we aren't working together anymore. But that power could still be in the center. It could be in the in the Arctic. It could be in the uh, the center of the Earth. It could be right there. The location uh, needs to be identified. There's multiple theories on locations, even Atlantis. But then, because we're separated, that's why we can't come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. So that's why I look at the evidence this way, where I'm trying to build teams, I'm trying to bring different theories together by removing the fluff. How, I have a classification system that I've created that, that replaces the Heineck and Valet classification system. If you want to get into that, we can. Uh, I consider that classification uh, system useless and obsolete, It uh, and I do have... Um, I did talk to Paul Heineck about it before I, I went ahead and, and, and created this new one. So um, when I repackage everyone's upbringing, programming, right? Some call it UFO, some call it ghost. It could be the same thing. And I, and I look at the evidence. The evidence shows that in certain areas, people are visited in their mind. Some people are, are taken physically by force, by something. Uh, and, and in humans have proven to be able to to do this technology, to do all these other things. But when I put all these pieces together, the common denominator is humans, experiencers, us. Um, and and a, a really good example is maybe there isn't poltergeist. Maybe objects don't be moved by ghosts. We assume so by, by, by movies and propaganda and news and media and all that other stuff. But we don't really pay a lot of close attention to the psychic element that we possess as human beings because we are energy beings, and that's been proven through science. 
and we don't we forget or or sometimes never even think for a second that maybe I moved that object that day because I was stressful. And when you when you apply it and you look at yourself as being the gods, if you go back to the Bible, God made us in our own image, in our likeness. So therefore, we are God. If you you know it, according to, to to that, and if we are God and super beings, then why can't we be the, re responsible for moving these objects? Why can't we be responsible for infiltrating someone else's mind when I'm meditating? Maybe that thought that came in wasn't from an extraterrestrial. It was from somebody else meditating at the same time as the other part of the world. There's a bunch of things that are happening that can't be confirmed either way. But if you look at the human being and, and, and what's in front of you, it all makes sense that, it, that it's just us. And if it's just us, there could still be an existence of extraterrestrials, but that they might be the controllers. And where would they be? Either in space or perhaps on another continent. They have to be somewhere in order to manipulate us. Then you get into the why. We got the who, what, where, when, and how, but it's the why. And that, that well, I think the only answer we'll get is when we die. You know? If it, and that also applies if this is assimilation. Simulation within assimilation. So every single theory mm -hmm. can be applied to be the truth of what's actually happening if you are able to break it all down. And that's what I spend my lifetime doing is trying to remove the fluff and put the pieces Have together. you ever considered that all theories are truth? Um, well, yeah. Uh, especially, especially, true. especially when we're looking at things like... Um, I always think that like, like, like If we're looking true. at things from a quantum level and mm -hmm. we have multiple well not even timelines but but you know one of the things I, I did re not too long ago is I took a remote viewing course and a remote yeah. viewing course was written by the guy who wrote the manual for Project Stargate and um, and it blew my mind because it really does work uh, and it was incredible and the other weird thing about it is the government knows it and knows how to use it um, Which so, means so they could be using it right now. Oh, I'm sure they're, they're. I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg of the mm -hmm. psychic warfare and what they know. You know, I and think I, I think they are able to even go outside of space and time mm -hmm. and work from, from from that perspective. So, if we go back to my 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 experience with this map, what if that was the government doing a remote viewing and they implanted that message? Uh, and I picked it up, and then I made a map, and then here I am. There's there's science, there's validation. That mm -hmm. concerns me that they, what concerns me is that, if that's true, they have the ability to hijack my mind. I don't like that. That's a security risk, you know, like, and things like that. That concerns me, but I can't say for sure if that's true. Then you got to look at the intent. Why me? And you look at yourself. Why, why am I getting this message and not you? Or did other people get this message and blah, blah, blah? Or was it intended for me? Or was it just a wide broadcast? You got to really, really focus on yourself to understand why. Mm -hmm. And with the Experience Your Support Association through the studies, which I'm working on what's called, I have two, two reports. I just released the Canadian Current Event Survey uh, for 2020. I'm working on the 2021 one. But uh, the new one is the Ultra Spectrum Paranormal Report. Uh, where I'm actually showing you the data of all these conspiracies or all these all these experiential reports between ghost cryptids and paranormal and aliens and, and, and looking at the experience data and to show how it's all connected. Um, you know, I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to see um, 
a baseline of what's really going on. And I'm not, I'm not seeing ET. I'm not seeing aliens. I'm seeing government. I'm seeing projects. I'm seeing things that make sense. It's just why them and not me or, you know, why did, you know, and when we break it down into method. So in terms of evidence, that's another thing that grinds my gears is people say I have evidence, evidence of what and to what perspective and how do you use it? A lot of it's hearsay. A lot of it's circumstantial. And just because you, I just associated a line of facts here doesn't mean uh, it, that it's true. Like the shape of the earth or the moon landing is fake. Whatever conspiracy you want to go down just means that it makes you think. You still have to, you still need to prove. You still need to be there. When multiple people are experiencing the same things, then you have corroborated data and evidence that becomes stronger. I don't need to have... 10 people have the same image. I just need to have one person who has the image and 10 pe nine people drawing the same thing and be able to display that they're from different parts of the world. And then all I need is the government of the United States at one time in a year from now release, uh, you know, something that looks like something I already have. And then I can link that and say, Hey, you know, our people are seeing that too. You know, what is it? And, and, you know, so, so it's association of all the, all these different things. And when you get more, uh, that's the best evidence. Because you get more witness testimony, you get more experience, and multiple witnesses don't really isn't doesn't really impress me. Um, because sometimes you got to it's it's the type, it's the method. So some people are able to see it and take a photograph and videotape it. If the government knows that, then they will allow it. Nothing is true; everything is permitted. So if they permit that, knowing that we're capable of doing that, they want us to record it. However, there are some where they don't have time to see it or it might actually be in their mind. And because it's in their mind, they can't really express it because they don't want to be a crackpot or be crazy or things like that. So when I work with them and I get them to draw it and I hold on to that sample for a year before making it public. So I have 27 cases that I haven't released yet that are going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks that show that people from different areas of the world are drawing the same thing. And then I get one picture out of that whole batch that looks like it and i also have a government document that describes it so then that can solidify the best evidence that this particular category or group or object of whatever it is if you call it ufo uap aliens ghosts whatever that doesn't matter that's archetype but this particular thing exists and traveled in all these particular areas and then i can go to the government and say i need to know what this is are we in danger I don't care if it's aliens. I don't care if it's ghosts. I'm not looking for that, Mr. Prime Minister. I just want to know if, if, if I see this thing, what I'm supposed to do, because there's a lot of evidence showing me that it's here. And then, then I start to ask the right question. And that will give me the proper answer. And, and I feel like, especially with Canada releasing all these documents and all these people, uh, and if you guys are Canadian listeners, you, you do know who has been in the game. And if you count your numbers, everyone's dead. Um, uh, and, uh, so, so I'm all you got and I, I may not be the best, but just, uh, but I'm all you got right now. And, and, uh, and I'm hoping uh, to encourage others to, to help me. But, um, I think disclosure has happened. It's just nobody's connected the dots and, and it's up to us to work together to do it. And me understanding the evidence and how, how to associate facts, I'm building a website uh, and paying good money to to have it professionally done. The website I have right now is it shows the concept, but I I don't know enough about coding to make it 
more engaging. So there's more that can be done with it. It's just programming that I'm helping with. But it'll allow people to input the data in this new systematic, regulated way from whatever organization, whatever you do. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have a label. You just contribute. And it will it will show all of this stuff in a certain way as the best evidence. And then we can kind of get the pieces together and all that other stuff, too. Then with the government documents, I'm able to show proximity. I'm able to show where it happens because it's perspective. A journalist takes a document, writes an article about it, gets clickbait, makes like maybe $100 for that, and doesn't go anywhere. It's a waste of time for everybody else unless you're doing it um, except for the journalist. It's a waste of time for someone to uh, to uh, talk about documents on a radio podcast show. Uh, because it's good for entertaining, it gets you monetization, it gets you listeners. It's good for it's good for that entertainment. But to use the same information as evidence to actually solve this, it requires a, a, a more attention, and it hasn't been done yet. I've seen researchers do data and science and, and theorize and extrapolate, but no one's actually put boots on the ground. I have the means, I have the skills, I have the ability to do it, and I've been looking for so long, for three years, trying to talk to the to the people that are doing it right now, explaining this concept and saying, how come you haven't done this? Or have you done this? I'm not aware of it. And I've come up short, which leads me to believe that no one has actually put the pieces together. So the pieces are there, and that's what I'm about to start to do, starting as soon as this website is done, is connecting these pieces and, and bringing other countries together. Because Canadian documents and American documents and, and European documents from the UK, you know, like all that stuff, if you look at the polar projection, if you look at the top of the Earth, the flat Earth map, all that other stuff from that perspective, we're all looking at the same spot and we all have access to the Arctic, Arctic Circle. You know, and which means if that's where everything is happening, it makes sense that every single country has is in close proximity to that, or at least the, the five eyes, you know, minus uh, New Zealand, I guess, and Australia. But I mean, the, the, the main ones. So once I'm able to view the data, um, then we have a better understanding of what's going on. Now, the other thing is, is I'm very open about this. The government knows I'm doing this because they give me declassified secret documents. If they didn't want this information to come out, they wouldn't give that to me, but of course it's redacted. But with redactions, there is a way to figure out what was redacted. If you measure every single document in a certain certain way and you put proximity and then put names, because sometimes they don't redact the name in every document. They might redact the name and the context, but if you're tracking all these documents and you keep track of who's mentioned in what documents and you line them all up through association, you can start to figure out that this person was in the room in this document, but it was redacted this particular time. So there's a lot, that's association things. And once you do that, you got a better understanding. And so far, what I'm understanding from Canadian perspective, only looking at government documents, is that it's German technology. That's the only evidence I have at this moment that it came from Germany. So during the Cold War, now that's a specific specific area in which I'm looking at in the moment because I'm stuck in 1952 right now in this batch of files that I'm going through. No aliens, humans, war. And, and, and if the evidence existed then, that evidence can exist now. There's just been so much time that's passed that we just... and and. and and programming that we forget that there's real world problems also happening and then it's very very possible that we're responsible for it and we're being distracted 
by thinking that it's up there when it very well could be still here on Earth in another location. Forget flat Earth. What if it's in the water? What if it's, you know, what if it's underground any of these military bases? I'm sure it's There's, all the above. Yeah, and you look at the, the Tartarians mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, that, that whole, um, that whole idea, ideology, which was part of Russia and Eurasia at that time, another continent that might exist there or where the, uh, you know, the, these, this free energy, uh, uh, you know, Victorian age, like that existed. That was a real thing. We don't have that energy anymore for whatever reason. But did it really disappear or did it go somewhere else or did it come from there? You can even look at the, oh boy, you look at, look at our, uh, what other evidence do we have that doesn't make sense? You look at the, the size of these buildings that are, are obviously have archways that are far too big for us to be used. They had to, they could have been built for larger beings. And if they were built for larger beings, where were, where did they go? Where are they now? And so in the Tartarian uh, mythology or, or theories, they, they, suspect that we were released from somewhere and we inhabited all of these uh, buildings because so that's what was left behind. Evidence of that recently, if you were to uh, follow in the, uh, look at Ottawa for an example, the Parliament building, they'd had to do some excavation recently to fix the, um, uh, fix the foundation or whatever, whatever it was. And then through the digging, they discovered four extra floors beneath the ground in the parliament building in, in, uh, the capital of Canada, Ottawa. So that would suggest that that mudslide and erosion and years after all that other stuff wasn't there in history. It, it was there in the past. That's human built, perhaps still be, mm-hmm. but why did we not know about that? And, 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 how did they use it before and all that other stuff? And when you took over the building, why do you not have an, a passage inside there to get to the fourth, fourth floor or, or those four floors below from inside the building? So like there's things like that. Those are questions like that. It has nothing to do with aliens, but that's just another, another lie, another question, another conspiracy that could be connected to power source and energy and grounding and Tesla and technology, not aliens, just us, just keeping us preserved from that. And that's in Canada, not United States. And you look at churches and you see all these other resonators and things like that that, that could be used in, in that sense. Now, how is that all connected? You know, ETs, is it ETs? Is it extraterrestrial? Well, extraterrestrial is just simply extra land, more land. That could be simply in Earth. That could be another continent that we don't have access to. So you can't believe... So. I'm not a flat earther. I'm not a Tartarian uh, believer. What I'm, what I'm saying is I'm using those conspiracies, which are so makes people so angry because they can't comprehend it. I'm just associating the facts a little bit to, to say that you can't say the possibilities of those can exist and aliens could exist in the same time because the UFO community and all these other things reject a lot of this stuff because it's hard to prove. But it all has to be, it all has to be connected. It all has to exist in order for your theory to exist. And there's a lot of information that comes from these far-edged, uh, you know, far-out-there theories that associate information that has nothing to do with aliens. But when applied to UFO and paranormal activity, well, it could be energy, it could be humans, it could be people. It kind of solves it. So then, as an investigator, I'm looking at this that, hmm, maybe they're onto something. 
And maybe the reason why that's suppressed is because that leads to the human element, which therefore redirects us into looking at us instead of out. And, and, and again, that's why I find more evidence uh, that it's us. And, and for me, uh, in this career, when I locate people for a living, when I uh, retrieve evidence for a living, it's, I, can, I never look for the person. I look for where they've been and I look through who they associate with. And when I find, you know, mom instead of, uh, instead of the kid, you know, I find the mom, I find the kid because nine times out of 10 mom's protecting the kid, but mom needs to live her life to pay for the kid. But I find mom, I find the kid. So, so the point I'm, I'm, I'm getting at is we're not looking in the right places. The evidence exists. We have the answers and we need to work together. And I have created a platform that allows people to do whatever they excel in and contribute that to a universal um, evidence system. And that's being developed right now um, and it should be released in, uh, in April. Do you think that the people that are in control of all this information are going to allow you to collect all this data and put it together? Well, so, so I can't prove it um, and they can't prove it. Uh, unless they, uh, kill, you know, like kill me, you know, like something, something mysterious. And then that still becomes an association effect. There's lots of outs. The government is aware of what I'm doing with it. I'm being transparent with it, but I'm also not subscribing to anything that I can't prove. So, so I'm also playing the game and, and I will not say that it's aliens until I see an alien. And even if I see an alien, I might even question it because it, my career is on the line for that. Credibility and things like that is very uh, essential. But so, so I understand and I'm looking and they know that I'm asking. So I leave it up to them to decide on whether or not they're going to release that information to me or not. And if I find something and I put the connections together, they know I'm doing a podcast. They know I'm doing this. They can hear it. I got an I got a, a Alexa in front of me. All these things exist. If I'm really on their radar, um, then they're allowing it for a certain reason because I'm not I'm not pushing a specific way. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm trying to find a way to mediate so that way we can move and live when disclosure happens not if when i'm preparing the people for after and and in order for me to prepare them for after i need to understand what is and even though i understand what is i don't have to preach that mm -hmm. i just know what is and when i get them in their certain package you know i got to understand what religion and how that contributes to their belief what archetype it is that they think they experience break it all down and, and, and then repackage it and then present it as actual raw human mystic data. And when I do that, um, if what I'm doing is really creating such an impact that the government needs to take me out, then they will. But I'm not pushing for a protest. I'm not pushing for aggression. All I'm simply doing is educating the people that are already in this movement on how to think a little bit differently. Don't change what you're doing. Just change your perspective and look at it differently. And instead of fighting, change that fight and anger to love and light and start helping each other be these super beings that we are. And if we are able to manipulate space and time, then let's work on doing that. And then I'm also trying to calculate the perfect person 
so I can get the group of those perfect persons together and then tap in to the ultra spectrum, to the ether. Because if it exists, science tells me that I would need to have multiple people for that experiment. And if I want to travel to another dimension, then I need people who claim that they experienced that to, to test it. And so, so my intentions are there, whether I get to that and things stop it and all these other things, like that's just life. I don't think the government's going to spend any time killing me and all those other things for that. And even if I prove it, it's in a small group and it's very easy for them to say I wasn't there. And, and we have to control the variables. And, and so what's important for me, uh, is that the experiencer who reports, they're believed and they understand and they're living their life and they're no longer in fear. Uh, they're no longer negatively affected by it. And what's important for me is that small group in that, in that, in that, in that uh, psychogenic experiment understands that we have the ability to perhaps bend spoons or move objects or whatever the case may be. And it's our obligation not to fight, is to keep it, to keep it quiet, to be quiet about it, and then find more. And then, perhaps, you know, at that time, we can uh, we can use those for for good. Now this is years and years and years of things, but the thing is, on the other side of it, what if that's what they want? They're not suppressing us. They're just trying to to get us to develop and evolve, and we're not doing it fast enough. So maybe they're allowing me to do it because I'm helping, help because I don't know the end game. We don't know. And if I had to choose an end game, if I had to put any money in a bet on, on, on where the humanity is living, I'm not focusing on going to Mars. I'm not focusing on going on the moon because I'll never get there. I'm going to be the one left behind. I'm going to have kids that are going to have to live in this new world. And if aliens and paranormal activities still exist, then I want them to understand what's really happening. You know, it, you know, it, it's, 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 the world has reset in whatever ways you want to look at it, deliberate or intentional, it doesn't matter. Perhaps it needed to be done, perhaps it didn't. It just happened. It is. And we have to move forward with it, whether we like it or not, if we want to continue to live here. And if we were needed, so for those who think that, you know, this pandemic perhaps was uh, calculated, maybe it was, but if they wanted to wipe us all out, we'd all be wiped out and it wouldn't last three years. So, you know, it could be an accident, it could be a mistake, it could be it could be a lie. Just be grateful that we're not all dead and we're needed for something. I just hope that those other theories, which we never I didn't get into, that it's not we're not needed as a food source. We're not needed as a soul source, you know, because there's there's those have to exist right. too. But, uh, and there are experiencers that do have traumatic events that, and PTSD and, and, and anxiety that go with it. And we help with that too. We have a Reiki specialist and, and regression specialist. We have healers on our team. There's, there's, there's protectors. I'm obviously a protector. Uh, there's teachers. I'm also a teacher. And then there's a, a healer. Uh, so those are three elements within the association. So, you know, we, 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 we work on the experiencers and I don't need to tackle the entire world. I just need to, to get enough data with a small enough sample to be accurate. And once I'm accurate, we test it. And if I'm able to make contact here in, in, in a small town in Ontario, that'll go all over the world or will take me out, you know, and, but I have parameters in place just in case. And I'm sure they know, but I mean, I don't want to live in fear. They've never uh, bothered uh, you? 
Well, it, it's always a possibility. No, I mean, they, they, I, they've, they've never, you've never had weird no. things happen to you, like come home. So, so it's your, not nothing. Your, nothing. Your so that doesn't mean out. it's not happening. It doesn't mean it's not happening. And that's another part I look at. And I don't want to jinx it, and I don't really <clears> want it, want it to happen. <laughs> but I mean, with all the stuff that I've been doing, and all the things I've been saying, and all the stuff that I've been presenting, I am surprised as hell that I haven't been threatened. I am surprised that I haven't seen a man in black. And I'm not. And I don't know if that just means they don't actually exist, because I'm calling for it. Or I'm not doing anything worth that time. You know, like it, it's, it's that. It either exists or it doesn't. And when I repackage it, maybe it isn't a, a, a man in a black suit. Maybe it's, maybe you're on some sort of uh, medication. You had melatonin, something healthy, and, and you're uh, half asleep. All normal things. It doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. Don't, that doesn't rule anything out. That just, just, just suggests that perhaps you weren't in, a, in, in the best state at the time. But there are mm -hmm. other markers that can be measured. Um, and, and your, your, your um, mental ability can, doesn't impact. If you have a, a proper investigator, um, your mental ability doesn't matter. Um, so I'm just kind of just kind of me foreshadowing on other problems I have in the academic community. So actually, I'll, I'll talk about that. I'm not an academic. I do not go to university. I do not. I do not. I'm not a scholar. I'm rough on the edges. I swear. I do all these other things, but I understand simple math and, and basic math and basic evidence because that's what I do and I prep because that's what it matters. End of the day, it either happened or it didn't. And what are the, the events that go around that? And there's, that's like police officers. That's like detectives. That's we, we all get that basic training and all that. That's this level. The problem we have with the academics right now is that they're not getting good data from this in, in within this industry we get a bunch of people that are trying there's a lot of effort there's a lot of intent and they're all doing their part but it's very useless in the terms of getting that answer and which is why also when i work with people so we have project babel which if you're an investigator or a researcher yourself you have the opportunity to submit your case as evidence and we'll i'll review it with my team my investigators who are licensed, and and I'll put money behind it to actually work with you to make sure it's the best evidence and you present it under the association. But that also gives us opportunity to trade and share you some skills to take what you're doing and make it better, or perhaps uh, you really like what we're doing and you could help us and an and opportunity to work together. But once we bring it all together and we have a better set of data, then the scholars can look at it and be like, hey, I can now do my part because this is actually done right. It's that... It's that it's that it's that lower level. So I'll give you an example in in, in the police community. Uh, I know this is American, so I'm using words that I, we can't use here in Canada, but just to, just just to be relevant. As a detective on a, on a crime scene, you know, a detective shows up. You don't touch anything. You look at anything. You understand what's going on. And perfect. You see. You acknowledge that there's that there's forensic evidence there. You see that there's blood. You don't touch it. You know enough, but you see it's there. You take your pictures. You document it. That becomes information later. Then you call in your specialist, your forensics team. They take a sample because they know how to do that. You, they go to the lab. They do the lab stuff. They give you that information of what that was and what that means. And then you as the investigator take that and then you compile your case and then you determine whether or not that is that person's blood or whatever and then you solve the case. Police, detectives, none of that. They don't always have university uh, degrees. And they use these people as experts when they need them, especially in the courtroom and things like that. And that hasn't been done in the ufology and paranormal community. What we have is a bunch of people with these credentials that think 
that because they have these credentials and they write these books, that they have the answer, and they don't. They have, they're nowhere even close to solving the riddle uh, than I am at this level. But I believe that if I'm able to get a, a show the data at least in this way, and the proof will come from those who read the report. The first report is doing well, but I mean, this is the challenge. The challenge, I can talk about it all day day long, but if people don't use it, then, then that's something else. But at least it's good for me, because I understand uh, what I have experts that I can use. I don't know how to, I know how to use them. But then the scientific community can actually use it and start paying more attention. And then to come back to that whole, uh, why haven't they nuked me or didn't done anything to me? Maybe, maybe I haven't done anything significant enough that I'm even on their radar. I think they know who I am, but maybe they don't even care. Maybe there's other problems. Maybe I haven't done anything significant enough. And then once I ring that bell, they're going to be like, okay, who is this guy? And then they learn all these things and then they make a decision then. So that's why I'm, I'm doing it in this way, so that way when I present it and they come back and look at it, so they know my intent is not to not to not to kill and not to be destructive, but just to just to understand what's going on, so I can take the person who has the crisis and say everything's going to be okay. I believe you. Here's someone else who's experienced something with you. Here's a resource. I want you to feel better about this experience. I don't want you to hide it. I don't want you to pretend it didn't happen. It really happened. I may not agree with you that uh, what you think happened is what really happened, but I understand that you experienced something and you're, you're exhibiting anxiety right now and I want to provide this pseudo uh, therapy for you, Reiki or something like that. So you calm down and then we're going to have another conversation and we're going to talk about what you remember and how that, how that lines up. And if I end up, and then if you're feeling good about it, when I tell you that it's a light refraction, you're not going to argue me. If you're emotionally distressed and the anxieties from your childhood and all these other past traumas that aren't being treated properly as well, you know, from other things, and I tell you that, that the one thing that you believe in life on another planet, because it gives you hope, it gives you faith, especially when the earth itself, where we are right now, is garbage, and I take that away from you by not validating uh, that there is life on the other side, that will hurt you. And, and, and if it hurts you, you won't believe it, you won't accept it. So it's very important <laughs> that, and there's a process, and that's why I say less is more. I have 137 cases that I've worked with people. Some people hate me, some people like me, some people love me. But it's out of all, out of that 137, there's only 27 of those cases um, that I, I can't solve because they have things that don't make sense. And then as I get more through years and years and years, perhaps these ones that don't make sense will start to make sense to me. The other issue that I have is nobody in the community wants to help me because everybody wants to make their own money. Everybody wants to sell their own books and nobody wants a private investigator to uh, to actually learn their real names. There's a lot of people in here who use fake names. I know who they are and I know why they use fake names and that's a personal issue and that's a personal thing and I can't blame them for them. It's not criminal, which is why I don't pull the plug on that. But if there's anybody in this in, in this race that could pursue a criminal uh, charge for anyone who's hiding behind a pseudonym, it's me. And an example of that would be Jan Harzan. Uh, I am directly, uh, I wouldn't say directly responsible, but my I received uh, information from while I was within MUFON of his alleged activity, and I ha you know, had the obligation, mm -hmm. being a licensed investigator, to make a report to the local authorities. And three months after that, three or four months after that, an arrest was made. That's confirmation that the source was accurate, 
But that doesn't mean necessarily that I was the, it was my, my lead that took him out. But it's just an example of how we need more police officers, if, if you will, in the UFO community doing actual police work, boots on the ground, de-escalating. And that's the team that I'm building, and that's the guy that I am. And you as an experiencer, you choose who you tell your story to. You choose uh, on, on how to present that. So you need to look deep down and look at your options and decide, do I just want to have my story on a podcast? Do I want to write a book about it? Because you want to feel good. If writing a book about it makes you feel good, don't be upset that you're not solving the world's problem. Just feel good about it and don't keep it inside. And be aware, but, but there's risks. If the men in black exist, because the information is sent to me in a controlled way, I protect you. I give you experience your ID numbers. I don't name you unless you want to be named. And I protect you in that sense as well. So it really, you really need to decide on, on how you want your, your experience to matter. And you should also report to multiple sources too so you have a variance. I'm talking a lot about what I do from my experience and, and, and my knowledge of being involved in all these industries, which is why I created a new way because the old way isn't working. That doesn't mean, it mean, might mean my, my way is better, but it might not be the best. And I hope that there's others out there who see this and might come along and then becomes better. But I, and I, and I, I want people ripping apart my data. I'm showing my work so that way people can rip me apart because they do that what I want, but it's not happening. And I feel like the reason why they're not touching me, they're not going there, is A, they're afraid of me, or B, they're part of the category in which I'm aware of, and they don't want to give me, make it easy for me, because they don't trust me, and they shouldn't trust me, because if I acknowledge that they're doing fraud, I will, I have, and I will uh, report them. And that's not good for them. And so, so unfortunately, I've drawn a line in the sand, and I don't have any support to take me to that end, but I will get there. And it's podcasts like this and, and shows like this um, that give me the opportunity to be heard. And, and I will thank you at this time to, to, to allow me to, to, to share this. And I'll be honest with you, I've never talked about any of this stuff to this level before. Um, maybe it's New Year, new revolution, new moment, mm -hmm. but uh, you're getting you're getting some stuff I haven't said before. So. <laughs> Good question. You only asked one question. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes, right? <laughs> yeah, you only asked one question. But it, that's what I was saying. Come to my point. If you're not asking the right question, you're not going to get the right answer. Right? I hate doing these things when people ask me the generic things. I love when I get the sideball because I never know where it's going to go. I don't want to say the same thing. I don't want to talk about the, the origin story. I, I just want to like just have a conversation. And plus, I'm learning every single day, so my, who knows what, uh, what I'm researching and, and where my thoughts go on that. But in the end, this is all theory. I have science. I'm using the scientific method. I'm using data. I'm collecting it. There's a lot of tasks to do all this. I could use volunteers. I could. I'm also in, 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 the, um, in the works of being able to hire journalists to be able to hire uh, a podcast host or anything that I wanted to contribute to our uh, the Experience Support Association on the media side. So we do run podcasts. Mm -hmm. I have a podcast called Beyond the Tinfoil Hat. Uh, this year, season four, the theme is actually uh, flatter than Tartarian, believe it or not. Um, by theme, I mean that's just my 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 uh, 
my questions, the burning questions I'm going to ask, ask our host just to kind of just get a variance of everyone's opinions. Um, and uh, I also do a show called Uncharted Case Files, which I used to do with MUFON, but I just rebooted that. So I did my first one. Um, so it's on Mondays. I know this is this will come out later. It's coming out tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Tomorrow. So it, so so when you hear this tomorrow, Thursday, the following day, I'll be doing that 12 p.m. Eastern time uh, on, on the YouTube channel, as well as all my social medias, where I'm actually going to be talking about my Canadian current event survey, which is... Um, me tracking government uh, reports from aviation pilots here in Canada that report uh, UFOs and drones and comparing the data to see if the drone is actually a drone or if the drone is a UFO or to understand how high these guys flight, uh, fly and the characteristics around it to determine whether it's known tech or extraterrestrial tech and where they're going. So I'm currently breaking that down. Um, so the Experience for Support Association on itself uh, also has other members. So there's Tim, the demon guy, Morrison, who is also a private investigator, uh, who works with me with Blacklight. He's my general operation manager. Um, but he, he's doing everything I'm doing, but focused specifically on paranormal. So we come together and, and, and we, and, and we, we, we merge the audiences together because some people, uh, I, and the UFO community is very touchy feely. But I am very good at, at at making them think about that word paranormal, even though they don't want to talk talk about it. Simple. The word paranormal means not normal. So mm-hmm. UFOs aren't no, normal. So therefore, I win. Uh, and, and you guys are paranormal, whether you like it or not. So so and I and I'm known for that. And Tim Tim with paranormal, it's very easy because he introduces me to the U, to them as a UFO guy, and they love it because they love UFOs. They understand that it's paranormal, but yet these guys are, and then they're psychogenic and all that other stuff too. So then we also have these events called uh, Experiencers Anonymous. So we've just teamed up with a, a, a virtual platform called the Observation Deck. Uh, so we are going to be doing our our. I wouldn't say therapy sessions, but our um, exploratory sessions, which is Experiencers Anonymous. So it's adopted through the Alcohol Anonymous um, kind of model in the sense that you just show up, you listen, you can be on camera or not on camera, you can share your story or not. The whole idea is just to get it off your chest. There's no investigators there uh, or there's not an investigation to be be interpreted. You want to encourage you to make a report, but if you can't make a report, you don't have to. Maybe you'll make it later on. But you get to talk to others about your experiences, about all of them. And you start to talk to amongst each other to figure out how it's all connected and how you are connected. And then you make friends. And then you guys share. And then you go. And that's all done privately. And it's there. Uh, it's something we facilitate to, to make it easier for you. And then we'll tell you, if you want tests to help, then we'll give you that information then at that time. Um, so what we're starting to do now is do that four times uh, a month. So once every Saturday, 2 p.m., 4 p.m., uh, 2, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time. So we're going to do two inside this virtual platform and then two outside. So the, so the way to get it, you just go to testacan.org forward slash EA. Um, and, uh, you can fill out the form and we'll send you the link when the next one is in. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we're doing just to, as a placeholder, a placeholder to market and to let you guys know what's available to you should you need it, give you a safe place to talk about your experiences so you're not alone. And then if you decide to report after that, then that's great. I don't need a million cases. I just need I just need the right ones at the right time for the right reasons. I need you not stressed. I need you not panicked. I need you actually sitting down thinking about it before you make a report and then be like and then at the end you get a copy of it. It's a journal, it's an electronic journal, it's a record. And it's also a contract because you tell me what you want me to do with it after you've reported it. 
And if I don't do that, uh, then you have evidence to show uh, that I've done, haven't done that, and then you ruin my reputation. You know, like I give you, this, I make it easy for you. I'm not like MUFON where you got to submit your evidence uh, with your report, and you have to tell me where you live, where your grandma lives, where your kids go to school. Uh, you don't have to tell me all that information. I don't sell it to the CIA or, or to Bigelow. It goes directly to me. Uh, it gets printed. I print it off of my email, and then I look at it, and I transfer it to a... Um, um, a another document that removes your identifiers, and then and then I work into it. I assign a number to your name, so 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 your name is a number to me. Uh, to, sorry, to the rest of the world, but not to me. I know who you are. Let me just look at the data, and if I say the location of the event uh, is there, if it's your home, it's not. If that's not relevant information. I don't need to say it's your home unless you tell me it's your home. And even if it is your home, I don't. It doesn't matter if it's your home. It's just this location is where this thing happened inside a house. Uh, the location data. Like a lot of a lot of researchers who do this focus on interesting facts that aren't relevant to solving cases, um, but they're relevant to what they're measuring. So, so there are very specific uh, surveys that are there to measure a particular theory, and 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 when they do that at the first level, they tamper and they damage the data because by the time I get them these ideas and thoughts are already instilled. So I get an example from MUFON. Somebody comes over and says they used to report to MUFON. Well, that's great. I can go to MUFON and give me the information because I can do an access to information request through MUFON because I'm a private company and I'm a private investigating firm, so they would have to give me that data. I'm not just a civilian asking for it. I can get it. And, not, and plus I have the history with MUFON because I know their bylaws and I know where they have to do it. But you, as the experiencer, have to tell me, report to that, give me your number, and then I ask, and then I compare what they've done, because maybe the field investigator did a good job, because you've got to remember that those field investigators get numbers. Move on industry is the one who's running it, but these, these field investigators are the ones doing the work. They need credit, too, which is why I'm, I've opened up that portal as well for them to share their work through the experiencer's permission, um, so I can give credit where credit's due. I'm not the only guy doing it. I just simply, I want people to reflect on themselves and look at it and be like, you know what? I think this case uh, deserves recognition. I think I'm okay with this guy ripping it apart. Or I'm okay. I don't think this guy is going to rip it apart. I'm going to send it to him. I'm going to track it. I give you this opportunity. But what am I going to do? I'm going to be like, oh, this is, the, I'm not going to, I'm going to promote you. I'm going to say, great work. You're in this area. Would you like to be on my team? Thank you so much for making this uh, easier. This is phenomenal. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not like, I like Dolan, but I'm not, I'm not like Richard Dolan who's trying to solve everything and I'm the only one and he's the only one that can solve it all. It's in order for me to, to get the answers for all my people is to teach you guys how to get there and help you. And if we work together, so I've created the platform to make it easier for me, to make it easy for me to do all this work for a small amount of people. But there's ways that you could do it too. And if you're a, and, and you have the, uh, the ability and you have the means and you want to help, you want to get reports coming in, uh, like there's ways of doing that. There's compensation too. Like, I mean, we might cover, cover some things if you pitch the idea, maybe share some monetization if you got an idea for a program or you want to blog. You know, like anyone who wants to do anything for the good of ufology and paranormal to help experiencers, you can, uh, you know, just send an email to admin at testacan.org or go to the website, fill out a partnership. Worst thing that can happen is I'll say is say that we have somebody already doing that, 
um, and I'm going to connect you with that person to see how you can help them. I need to know what you want to do. I need to know what you think is important, and I learn from you too. And if you're willing to contribute content, and, and then you also you also tell us what you want in exchange. If you say I want shared revenue, fine, that's fine. You know, we give you the analytics. It's small right now, but it will build. How would it build if we work together? That's why it's an association. I have over ten, almost ten thousand followers on Facebook. I can just simply put your name on that and say, hey, check this out. And 10,000 people will be like, hey, oh my God, this is amazing. That's how easy it is. And everybody does that with influence. Paid, of course. But what I'm trying to say is I'm using my influence for the good of evidence and research. So if you have evidence, you have government documents from another country that you want to contribute to this, right? United States, I know Greenwald has been doing it for a while, but he doesn't have time to, to repackage his uh, his um, documents in the way that, that he's already done it on his system. The website's already built. He can't change it. Um, but you could pull some of those documents that he got. We can give credit where credit's due, say it was retrieved from there, and then we can split it up into proximity, into time, into a timeline. Uh, you know, have a United States timeline and a Canadian timeline separately, but then a master timeline. And you'll actually start to see the same, same document in time, location, proximity, and, and imagery, visual evidence. You look at the same document different ways. And we also do recreation. So just because I have a government document, it describes what it is. Well, I have a 3D printer, uh, graphic design. Let's look at it. Let's see what it is they're talking about. And then you have more data when you can actually see it. And you compare that. So I have the tools and the means to do all that on my own with the little club that I have. But I want more people to trust and themselves and be confident enough to just try and, and put yourself on the map. I'm an underdog. I'm not famous. I'm, I'm fighting to, to at least be in that circle because I want more people to know that Tessa exists and the work exists so it can be a choice. I'm not doing this uh, uh, to, to make a million dollars and be on the top like everyone else. I and mean, that's why everyone on, the, uh, on top, I've met Nick Pope, I've met I've had conversations with Nick Pope. I've had conversations with Richard Dolan. I've had, I've sat with them and ha and talked about all this. And, and Dolan's the only one to, to be completely honest. I, I got my claim to fame uh, in the bigger circle from Richard Dolan by being on his podcast. Uh, and he still, uh, you know, he still um, endorses a lot of our uh, commercials too. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's needed. But everything else I did, which is because of because of that opportunity. I didn't waste that opportunity. He gave me an opportunity. So, so I kind of, kind of doing that same model is I'm looking for people that want the opportunity. I'm not looking to be partners with the great, the ones that we have. They're not doing it the way that they should be doing it. And I believe that there are people out there that are probably listening to this right now, not in their head. They have cases. It might be rough off the edges, but it might be something. In the worst case scenarios, I teach you on where you made your mistakes so that way the next time, you give me something better. And, and what I will acknowledge is the effort. You did something. Someone came to you and said, I don't know what this is. Can you help me? And you tried. You just have to be humble enough to know that, you know what? I'm out of my depth here. Uh, but I can work with this organization to help me do better for my people. And I can still protect my people and, and still hold on to them and not lose my reputation and I and I can and we can build ours together and that that hasn't been explained that way before um, so thank you for allowing me to just 
Well, it's fantastic that you're doing that yeah. and building this organization. I mean, it's definitely what's needed. It's, it's the only way the truth is ever going to be revealed, or at least the information that's going to point us towards whatever the truth is. And we're not, you got to stop fighting the government for the answers because half of the people. It, it's not coming from the government, that's for sure. Yeah, but they're not, not everyone's going to be on the same page. No. So, so the goal is, is that everyone who comes to us, we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. And then when we're all on the same page and we're making contact, we have peace with that. And we use that. If we're able to communicate back and forth and we want direction, let's all get a message and then let's do it. Yeah. If it leads you to good, then the world becomes good. If it's a ghost, if it's an alien, if it's your higher self, who cares? It's good. It's positive. Is it good for the collective? Let's do it. But, you know, let's do it together. And there's lots of other groups that are doing that right now, and they're doing it, uh, and they're living their life. And I love that. But I'm a data guy. I'm an investigator guy. They're not doing the data. So, so, so it's, they're at that part where they're encouraging people to be happy and live free. But then they're also not regulating it where they're allowing some people that may not be an, an authentic experiencer, if, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and encouraging them to believe in something that may not may or not uh, exist. So that regulation is also important. So you as the experiencer who may, let's t- say Stephen Greer, for an example, love him or hate him, he's still encouraging people to make contact and to love. Like mm-hmm. it's a positive thing. Sure, he's charging a lot of money. Be mad at him for charging a lot of money. Be more mad at the people that are giving him the money. It's not his fault if people pay, uh, you know, and, and he's only doing it because people pay. And if people are, are that pay are disappointed, uh, then they'll stop paying, but they still pay. So like, and, but the problem with that is that you who can't afford it can't be included in that. So that's another thing that Tessa is trying to do to find a way to do the same methods so that it can be affordable for everyone. Yeah. And, and that's why Tessa it's the sponsors and things like that, because the experiencer is the victim. Yeah, I, look at I, this I, as a mental health I, approach. I definitely have my problems with Steve. <laughs> well, a lot of people do, but understand the business versus the person and what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, it could be a false flag just as much as it's real. I mean, the evidence could go either way until we get confirmation from our our, our leaders. He's just as right as uh, as as Luel is on, right. and they don't get along because it's good. It's bad for business, but I mean, you know what? Maybe, uh, but it's good for their group and the other group. But in the middle are the experiencers who just want the freaking answer. So if we look at you and be like, okay, who cares if Lou is right? Who cares if, uh, if Steven is right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at you, okay? You are unable to leave your house right now because you believe that you were abducted by aliens. Well, let's get you out of the house first, and then let's just, just let's make sure that you're, you know, let, let's, what's realistic about this, okay, this experience? Maybe it was something else. Was this something else? Is it possible to be that? Okay. And then there's trauma that needs to be treated. When I approach the data in this way, I can say that I do have private resources that are psychologists and they are uh, social workers, but they can't, they're willing to work with people who understand the phenomenon, but they can't come public because they'll lose their license because it's taboo, but they still acknowledge the experience. And, and, and as I have more data to support that there is some mental health support that, that experiencers could benefit, that, that they're willing to take to at least disprove the possibility of extraterrestrials, but at the same time not, uh, um, not disbelieving them uh, so they can feel comfortable, 
Um, then we'll, then I will have better data. Be like, you know what? This is a mental illness. Okay, perfect. But this part is not associated. This evidence isn't associated with the mental illness. Okay, understood. That's a different type of mental illness. You're a professional in that part. It exists, but that, that this event doesn't fit the criteria of that. So we know that that mental experience or mental health issue um, is not associated with this event. So that's good. So, 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 and with that data, if somebody says, yeah, they're mentally ill, yeah, sure, but that has nothing to do with the experience. So I can defend, I can properly defend because the mental health aspect is always uh, an easy scapegoat, easy. And, and, but to the experiencer, just because you have PTSD, just because you have schizophrenia, maybe, uh, you know, and that hasn't even been confirmed to be uh, uh, like a, a solid thing. It's just some uh, catch-all in my understanding mm -hmm. in the field um you know dissociative disease alzheimer's all these other things just because you have that um doesn't doesn't mean you can't uh go to the grocery store doesn't mean you can't like be a human being it's no different so if you were affected by aliens or extraterrestrials and you have a mental disorder no different than than you just need accessibility so so tessa is also designed around that and that comes from my background again with with uh de-escalation and working in the security industry and, and and private investigating and dealing with uh the mental health aspect of of, of husbands who think their wives are cheating on them on, on parents who who are trying to sabotage the other parents so they can have full custody of their children there's all that stuff there's mental health there too but I understand why they're mentally, why they're frustrated because they love their children and you're frustrated because you were sleeping alone, safe and sound in your house and something came in and took you. Even if that's a human being, that's scary, that's frightening, that's a security concern. If it was your mind, that's an even higher security concern. And, and we, need to, we need to look at that. We need to look at how that was possible and determine whether or not and let the government know that, hey, we need some support for, for these so we can at least learn. And then at the same time, let them know that if you're doing this, we're on to it. So they'll stop. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we're fixing the movement in a different way by attaching it here on the ground. We're not going to solve. We're not going to get aliens by going to Mars. And we're not going to believe it. No one's, not everyone's going to believe it. Some might. Some won't, but if we focus on what's happening here on Earth, because this is this is the planet, this is where we are, this is, <laughs> we'll we'll get more answers by taking care of the people. And I'll give you an example: the um, using regression hypnotherapy. The original thought was 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 sexual assault with uh, an extraterrestrial. That was the report that came in. Look into that and get to a point where there's a a, a mental block. And we can't remember. So I collect all the evidence before I send them for a uh, referral for regression. Now, um, I have to collect everything first. And when I make that referral, I have to accept that when they come back to me, that they're going to be implanted with a bunch of freaking ideas. And they're going to start to believe uh, whatever it is this regression hypnotherapist decided to tell them. Because they, they just made a sale, a discounted sale because it was a referral. But they're still making money and they didn't want that person to come back. So there's a little bit of a, a little bit of business in that. So we, we talk about that before we make the referral. So we so the experiencer actually understands, you know, the part of it. So they're not stressed about it. And if they can't afford it, then 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 we can help them with that. There's there's resources for that. So it's it's about putting the report in to understand what the, what it is. 
so we are spending the right amount of money on the right amount of people for the right reasons. And and um, so we help everyone in many different ways. The best thing you can do is make a report. Tesacan.org, T-E-S-A-C-A-N.org, uh, slash reporting system. That link might change, but for now it's there because um, the website's being rebuilt. The regression happens, and fortunately, this particular hypnotherapist um, doesn't believe in the extraterrestrial uh, and, and tells me that when they went back to the index event and to talk about the event, because it's not leading questions, because I prepped the questions to be asked to, um, that instead of identifying an extraterrestrial, um, uh, a, a name of their stepfather was identified. So through regression, we learned that the sexual assault had happened, but the person that was named was not an alien. It was, it was, it was a human being. And then as we dove deep into that, it was discovered that there was a sexual assault by a human being. And the trauma over the years was association that it could have been an alien because they didn't want to believe that. There's trauma there. And once we learn that, then as a private investigating firm, I have obligations to make a report and help in therapy and all the other, other stuff there to cater, the, cater them to help with that. Can't ignore that. So we help the experiencer with that. But then later on, they have another experience. Is it related to that? Well, it could be something else. But then at least we know that we're dealing with it, and we have to be prepared with that. And I need to have a psychologist that is able, or, uh, is able to at least look at it and be like, okay, this fits in this. It could be, but it's not associated with that event. And, and, and we do have that. But they cost a lot of money. They're private, but I still got to pay them, right? So, so it's, you know, it's, it's tough. And I can't present that as evidence because then I would have to reveal who my sources are. But at the end of that, people are being taken care of and we have better information. Another example. No, <sighs> oh, I don't know. I could go on forever, man. <laughs> were you, were we, you got another question? I'm going to wrap it up. Um, this is a, it's, I'm really impressed by what you're doing though in, in the angle Thank that you're coming from I, I think the work is excellent that you're doing um i, I think the uh, i appreciate that thank you um i'm looking forward to like being able to access like that kind of, that amount of information from your website uh, there is a that, lot there right now what's changing is we're just trying to make it look more uh like what i described so you kind of don't really see that when mm -hmm. you go there I've made it based on ideas that came through, uh, ideas that I had and things I wanted to change. And then, and then it just got all messed up. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm reformatting it so it'll be easier in the way that I visioned it uh, intentionally with professional help that I actually know how to do it. I, ta I taught myself how to do all that stuff. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm a jack of all <laughs> trades, but a master of none, right? So, I mean, I Me can do too. a lot of things. But uh, my expertise is, is evidence and investigation. That's my cream of my, of my crop. But um, the information is there now. So, so it's just, it just doesn't look as pretty and as appealing uh, as I'd like it to look. And it's just hard to navigate to find what you're looking for. So if you just go to the menu bar and you explore, you will find everything. So T-E-S-A-C-A-N.org. You got documents on there from the government. You got a visual map of some cases I've solved. You got some videos on there. You have some blogs. You have a bunch of stuff that 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 you could um, 
fill your boots with right now and use. I just stopped putting new information on it because I'm building the new site. Um, but I do have some information I'm sitting on that I need to get out before another journalist scoops it because, you know, it's a cutthroat business, this uh, information lead thing. I got to play the game. Got to play the game. You know? <laughs> Credit, if you, you, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't promote yourself. And that's what I've learned in this industry. And that's why I will kind of come to if you're one of those people that are doing a lot of work and people have crapped on you and, and you and, and you have something or you just want you just want to be recognized for 10 minutes. You know, I got a podcast for that, too. I mean, you know, like just reach out and say, hey, I heard you here uh, and uh, this is what I, I want to do. How can you help? You know, I don't have time to do job descriptions. I don't have time to tell you what I'm looking for. And I certainly don't want to create one and have somebody just tell me what they want so they get it because they think it's cool. Tell me what it is that you like about what you hear, what you see, and what you want to do for the people. And if that, and if I can make that happen, I'll make it happen. If somebody's already doing it, then I'll partner you up with that team. If nobody's doing it and it's good for the collective, I will create that job for you. You know, it, you know, the Tesla will expand based on who comes forward otherwise it's just me it's just me doing what i'm doing and, uh, and then here we are yeah i know that feeling too <laughs> well man thank you for being on this is an honor to be able to talk to you today and um before we wrap it up i mean i know you've already given it out a bunch of times but what's the website so www.tesacan.org O-R-G, so TessaCan.org. stands for Tessa Canada. Uh, but the actual company uh, is, is international, but uh, my focus is Canada right now because that's my home. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to put a link to that in the of this episode so my listeners okay. can go and check it out and watch some of the we, videos. We do have a YouTube channel, so yep, youtube.com forward slash the Experiencer Support Association. You can find the podcast there. Hit subscribe. We have a membership, too, where I do some private stuff for you guys as well. Um, you know, all proceeds, like you guys are the membership, are the reasons that we take that money to make the stuff free. So, so you know, like if you, if you can't, don't worry about it. There's lots of free content for you. Just like, share, subscribe, get the free monetization so we earn some revenue on that. Um, and those who can pay, they will pay. And then it all, it's all part of the collective. It, it's, it, and there's, um, nothing in the paywall that you shouldn't have, uh, for the betterment of the, of the world. Uh, everything in the paywall essentially is entertainment, you know, like, like fun and, and you, and, and that's what you're paying for. And as long as you know what you're paying for, then, then, then you won't get disappointed. Um, the, I also have Facebook, so facebook.com mm -hmm. forward slash heed the world. That's me individually. Head over to Tessa as well. So facebook.com slash uh, the Experience Support Association so you can see everyone because there's, there's Serena, there's, uh, there's Cece, uh, there's uh, Tim, uh, Alex, uh, Dave. Like there's a, there's a bunch of other people that do things for Tessa collectively, uh, not just me. I'm just, I'm just the investigative guy. Um, and I'm also on Twitter. So twitter.com slash heed the world underscore RS. Uh, I will warn you that Twitter is used strategically for me to stir shit up. So I'm on there to, to troll. I'm on there to break apart ufology. So, so if you uh, want to go me, you can go me on Twitter, but be careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, but if you want to be social and have fun, Facebook's where I'm at. I'm a little more fun there. And we always make fun of Twitter on Facebook. So. <laughs> Especially UFO Twitter. So that's the thing. <laughs> 
I got a new segment on my podcast this year called Sorry Not Sorry, where I'm actually going to be doing that live too. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'll put all those uh, links in the notes of my episode. So, let's well, go to all those and subscribe. And thanks for being on. And hang on for one moment while I play the outro. Okay. Remember, 